Welcome back to the Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Edwin Porras, Doctor of Physical Therapy, medical analyst at FantasyPoints.com. Thanks for tuning in. Today's going to be a little bit different. I'm actually going to be doing a reverse interview with at the Commission FFP. Great couple of guys, great bunch of guys over there doing great work. They asked me about Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon, Julio Jones, and a few other players. So enjoy this review reverse interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast. Here with special guest, Dr. Edwin Porras. A lot of you uh, are familiar with Edwin. We had him at the beginning of the season to break down uh, fantasy injuries uh, leading into the season. But now we're heading into fantasy playoffs. And obviously, uh, with some big names coming back from injury, it felt worthwhile and the right time to have Edwin back on our pod. But he's also, he has his own podcast. It's the Injury Prone podcast brought to you by fantasy points so i always encourage and implore everyone to go check out edwin's podcast when you can hit that subscribe button and make sure you tune into his content uh edwin my man happy to have you back on it's been a while but uh how have you been dude it's been a couple a couple of months in the fantasy season we're getting through 2020 how are you holding up man just making it through like you were saying get trying to shuffle all these Leagues that we're in this year, right? Uh, trying yep. to get through 2020. I mean, last since last time we talked, you're an engaged man. You're off the market <laughs> officially. So <laughs> it's exciting. It's an exciting time, man. Um, the playoffs are always, I feel like I hit a wall. This happened last year too, where I'm like, mm. oh, dude, I cannot write another injury article. But then the playoffs yeah. hit and I feel like there's a surge of people who are like asking, you know, specific questions and, you know, basically the teams that are out of the playoffs for me, I can start shifting that time over to helping yeah, other people yeah. with their stuff. So ready for it. Yeah, totally, dude. And it, what's interesting as well, just from like a, it, we don't talk a lot about, you know, the data or the numbers from podcasts or hits reviews or whatever, but I feel like there's kind of this increasing um, sort of, you know, number of listens and tune-ins and downloads and uh, articles, subscribes or whatever during leading up to the season. We always hit a bit of a lull around October, November, because people kind of check out, but then right around fantasy playoffs, when we get that, that, that spike of of tune-ins that come right back around this time. So I think you're kind of right. And I think we feel it as well, dude. I remember middle of the season, I was kind of like, shit, man, this, this is like, this is a grind, dude. Every, you know, it is, it is a grind for, for those of you who listen, we, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And Edwin is doubling up in his residency as a doctor. So dude, you're, you know, I have a full-time job, but you're, you know, you have like three, like three jobs at least. (laughs) I mean, everybody's busy, right? Everybody's got their stuff. I chose to do this. Um, Very good point. So, and so if uh, y'all catch me slipping like today, I got, here's the thing, dude. It's funny. Like if people don't ever knock rarely, I guess, rarely knock us for like big misses, like maybe like process issues. Sure. Sure. I misread a headline today. Oh. I see people come out of the woodwork when you do that <laughs> more than you. And I, I think I complained last time when I was on here too, but yeah, it's just so like, it happens with you a lot though. I feel like it does happen. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's the thing. The, 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 the thing about, What's his name? Uh, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. That was, okay, whatever. That was yeah, whatever. Mia culpa. Yeah. It's funny, right? Yeah. Like, it's funny looking back. It is. I literally misread a headline that said that, that Debo Samuel was, you know, has a hamstring injury. And I just said, you know, 20% recurrence rate, whatever. I remember that. Yeah, like I saw that. five people that were like, actually, it's just precautionary. Like, I've never, Chill. Seen, I've never seen these people. Yeah. I go to their profile. It says they follow me. Like they literally just hang in the wings. They're just waiting for somebody to misread a headline or not read the whole thing, which 
I need to do. I get it. But it's like, man, I, you really like, you know, <laughs> Joe, Joe Bailey with 13 followers and an egg. Do you really, is that all you do is lurk in the wings anyway? There's, there's something about telling a doctor I told you so. I think that's what it is, buddy. That's, that's, why, <laughs> Maybe that's, what it that's is. why we never get fucking hung, hung out to dry like you do. Uh, so uh, in any case, we, we are going to lean on your expertise. Um, but before we do, man, where can people find you uh, both on your, your podcast, on, I would assume in your website with Fantasy Points, and then also uh, on Twitter? Yeah, go to Twitter, at FBInjuryDoc. That's where you'll find me. All my written work is at FantasyPoints.com. A uh, bunch of sales going on right now. Uh, they're like $10 subscriptions or something like that. And then, uh, yeah, my pal- my podcast, which is the Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast. Awesome, man. Very good. Everybody knows Injury Prone is uh, not a thing. That's right. If, you, if you've been following Edwin, you know that it's definitely not a thing. So let's get into the non-injury prone fantasy football players That's right. That's right. That, that we're expecting to either come back in week 13. I'm not exactly sure when I'm going to repurpose this episode. It's either going to be on Monday or potentially Saturday of this week. So some of these guys are coming back this week. Some of them um, are not very clearly. We'll get into all of them. The guys we're going to go through are going to be Drew Brees, DJ Moore, Todd Gurley, Zach Ertz, Julio Jones, Joe Mixon, and Josh Jacobs. We had a full slate of breakdowns for Edwin. So Edwin, leading into the playoffs and potentially week 13 for some of these guys, I think what we'd like to do is, is break down what the injury is, understand the timelines, and understand how effective they might be coming into their return if they do. So off the rip, Drew Brees, I think, probably has what I would consider the most severe injury of the group, it seems like. So... Let's start with him. Drew Brees, 100,000 broken ribs. Didn't even know you had that many in your body. Uh, and also a collapsed lung. Like, he just got flattened like a pancake. So, let's you know, he's already been out a, f- a couple of weeks. People, I think, are hoping to expect him by week 15, maybe 14, maybe around that time frame or, or not. But what's your diagnosis of this and, and what can we expect if he does come back? So, I think the primary thing is when he comes back, how ready is he? the saints are known for pushing drew Brees specifically. And one of the prime examples is last year when he had a ruptured thumb, a ruptured UCL ligament in his thumb on his throwing side, he came back. Like they had a week where they could have rested him where it was their buy. And they chose to bring him back before that. So like, that's just them wanting to bring him. They were like six and one or whatever with Teddy Bridgewater or five and one, whatever it was, they decided to bring him back anyway. And so as soon as he's ready, and that's probably has to do with him pushing as well. They're going to bring him back. What I worry about is that these rib injuries, they're painful, man. I mean, they're, it's hard to breathe. He had a collapsed lung. He's got to have his vital capacity back up, which is basically how much he can breathe in and out, how, far, how much he can expand his lungs. Um, and they use a little tool where he blows into it and it can measure the, millil- the milliliters of, of uh, air that he's blowing out and in. So that's going to be really the objective measure they're looking for. Can he do that? Does he have pain when he's running still? Does he have pain when he's breathing? So typically what you look at, there's not a lot of research. There's just sort of protocols in the NFL for how they handle these rib injuries. And what you find is that they typically take two to four weeks. You saw them put him on the IR pretty quickly. So obviously he's going to be out at least until next week, I believe. Right. I think that would be the third week that he's out. So um, yeah, I mean, you're not going to have him at least until week uh, 14. And that's going to be even, even when he comes back, I don't know. It's not like he was putting up great numbers as, as it is, but when he comes back, I would expect him to be ready. I don't think they put him in any immediate danger. So you could use him. I mean, yeah, if you want to, but you might be waiting until uh, at least week 14. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the question here, right? Because a lot of guys I'm already getting, I'm getting uh, Instagram 
uh, messages from from listeners of ours, and they're you know they're they're asking me, okay, with a you know sort of broken down Kyler Murray of sorts playing against one of the top defenses in the NFL, who do I stream this week? And that's kind of the question. It's like, do I go back to Drew Brees or do I stream quarterbacks in the champ or you know in the quarterfinals of the playoffs? Like this is it. Like this, you know, you either play the guy or you don't. And if you don't, and you or if you do, and he doesn't play well, that's it. You're done. You're out. You know, because it's a good good shot that if your quarterback doesn't put up points in the playoffs you're done like that. I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of how it rolls. So, um, but that makes a lot of sense. And I agree with you. It does seem like it's a scenario where I personally become risk avoid, uh, risk adverse in the playoffs. Like I personally, if I had a Drew Brees or I picked him up or I was sitting on him, had him in my IR spot, I, I probably wouldn't play him until I knew certainly that he looked good to play. Would that be a good, yeah, uh, good read on that? I think that's, I think that's uh, probably a good way to look at it. I don't think that, He's going to be out like the rest of the season necessarily, but I wouldn't be surprised if they just hold him until the playoffs. And actually, are, are they even playoff contenders? I haven't even looked at the Saints' record. Yeah, they're they're actually they're actually first place in um in, in the South. NFC South, but they have a pretty I want to say a difficult schedule. But they have some guys that you know they they they're playing some like they're, they're playing the, the Falcons this week. Falcons right. the Falcons could put up a thousand points but also let up a thousand points. So I don't mm. know which, and, you know, and with Taysom Hill, I don't know how that game's going to get played out. Like everyone expected the Raiders to come in and, and, and blow them out, but the Falcons held their own and actually played very well. So they're a very tricky team to figure out. And, and we will get to Julio Jones, who obviously would make an impact in that game if he does come back and play. Um, but in any case, yeah, the saints are going to make the playoffs is my guess. Yeah. I think that it's just one of those things that you, you're not holding your breath. Like if you, for example, are a, another guy that we're going to talk about here soon, um, and you're, you need to win your playoff matchup or you're whatever on the bubble and you need to win and you have Drew Brees hanging out and you need to pick up this handcuff that we're going to discuss, then maybe you drop Drew Brees. That, that would be a dude that I would consider dropping. Fair enough, dude. All right. I like that breakdown. Let's move on here. DJ Moore. I don't know where to put DJ Moore. I had DJ Moore in my home league. I've been watching DJ Moore very intently. I think he, I think there's some bad blood between him and Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know why Teddy doesn't throw him the ball nearly as much as he does anybody else on the Carolina Panthers. Very frustrating to watch. But DJ Moore has been putting up some, some decent fantasy points. He comes up uh, with a non-contact injury, which to me seems scary, but it came back negative. So they have the bye week, and I think they're expecting him to come back in week 14. But one, are you expecting that based on the diagnosis? And two, what do non-contact injuries this late in the season typically mean for productivity? Yeah, so I don't know if you saw my tweet. Maybe not. It's pinned to my profile. And essentially, we dis- I discussed what happened to DJ Moore. Initially, because of the crappy angle that we had, it did look like it was bad news for DJ Moore. It looked like it could have been an Achilles, but it actually wasn't. You go back and you watch the film, you see that he basically just had a run-of-the-mill ankle sprain. Um, he walked off under his own power. He just rolled his ankle. He twisted his ankle the way that, you know, unathletic people like me do when I'm walking down the street. But it was hard. He planted and he rolled it. And it was painful, obviously. So the thing about these lateral ankle sprains, though, is it, the buy couldn't have came at a better time. Yeah. So you're looking at this study, and I know people always ask me, like, why do you use soccer and rugby? Well, because those are the most popular sports in the world compared to NFL, and they're the most comparable. But if you look at the, a study done on uh, an 11-year follow-up study of, of soccer players, you look at their return to play when it comes to a lateral ankle sprain, and only 13% of those are considered serious. And 83% of them, of the players who roll their ankle, they actually come back within four weeks. Now, I know you're saying like, oh, wait, four weeks. Like, that's not what we're really talking about here. 
But let me get into more of the data. If you look at, if you dig a little deeper, you see that the mean layoff time for a lateral ankle sprain uh, is about 15 days, but the median amount of missed time was eight days. So, you know, go back ah. to fifth grade statistics, you, you know, 50% of them come back before eight days, the other 50% come back after the eight days. And if you're looking at a mean of 15 days, Teddy or Teddy, geez, uh, DJ Moore has a good shot of coming back after the buy. I would actually be a little surprised if he didn't. Um, but yeah, he's sort of right on that border. And, and is the strength typically there or, or is there some hesitation in those athletes? Do you think, I'm not sure if it, you know, the article had it or not, but if he comes back, I would assume he's at full strength because like, again, these are not very serious injuries and he doesn't really have a history of them. Yeah. So right. I would assume that he is ready to go, but we'll find out really quickly uh, on the practice report. If he's not running at full speed by next week, you know, by this time next week, then you might be a little hesitant, like in cash sure. games and stuff like that. Um, but if I, I would anticipate that he's going to be full practice by next, next Friday. Awesome, man. Great. That's very good to hear as a DJ Moore owner. I'm very excited to hear that my boy could come back. So happy. Okay. Let's move on. Todd Gurley, not necessarily a surprise here for most people that have been following Todd Gurley, uh, leading into the season. This is pretty much what I think a lot of people expected. Edwin, I think you talked about this, uh, when we were in the earlier episodes that the, it's sort of like a degenerative knee problem in a sense. So, uh, he obviously was out last week, I think, or did they have the buy? He didn't play last week. So I can't remember if, no, they didn't yeah, have the buy. He was out. He, he was, was out. actually out. Correct. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, and he's going into this week. Here he has the questionable designation. So what are your thoughts here? Is, is this just like Todd Gurley losing steam for the rest of the season and just don't put your, your money in his, in his basket? Yeah. I mean, he's paid off in touchdown equity, right? I mean, that's what he did last year. He averaged more than yeah. a touchdown per game last year. And that's what kept him floating at like RB14. Um, and the same things happen now. He scored like another million touchdowns. You look at his efficiency, it's terrible. He, he, he rushes, his, he's got like, I know yards per carry isn't very sticky. He's got like a three yard per carry number. Like at one time I looked at his efficiency numbers and they were terrible. Like I'm actually going to try to pull him up right now. But in he's the meantime, like, he's like the Eric Ebron of like, uh, of, of running backs. Remember Eric Ebron just had like a thousand, yes. you know, t- touchdowns yes. a couple of years ago. It just made him look so much better than what he was. And, and he's sort of still, Eric Ebron's a, a weird, interesting yeah. case study, but <laughs> no, yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly what we have going on Todd Gurley. So yes, his knee is it's got, I don't want to cause like scary language because I hate doing that to my patients. If you have this condition, it just means that you have a knee that is in pretty much constant inflammation mode. You have, um, you, you have this constant cycle of your brain thinks that there's damage that it needs to fix. So it sends painful signals for you to stop, right? It's an evolutionary imperative. We basically evolved to stop and rest if we need to stop and rest to heal an injury. But this is sort of like a malfunction uh, because of previous trauma where the brain thinks there's an injury, there's no injury, but it just sort of stays swollen and stiff. This doesn't get better as the season goes on. This doesn't get better as his life goes on. This this actually gets worse, unfortunately, especially if you're an NFL player, you need to have an elite level athleticism, elite level mobility, elite level strength. And the the thing about it is that he, it's, he's just not there. And this, it seems to be like that's what happened uh, because of this knee issue. He slowed down and he needed to take a rest day. That's not to say anything, speak negatively about Todd Gurley. He's, again, carried you because of the touchdowns if you've drafted him. But at this point, betting money on him or betting 
that he's going to have, you know, this, he's going to go off for 150 yards, like the Todd Gurley of 2018. That's the least likely scenario. Yeah, very good, man. And I agree with you. I think uh, most Todd Gurley owners are feeling the same way, but it's good to kind of get that, you know, that, that, that breakdown. And, And Josh actually made this point on the dynasty podcast, because I think this is really something that I would say more so affects dynasty, uh, dynasty uh, fantasy owners more so than the redraft fantasy owners. But, you know, Atlanta only signed Todd Gurley for one year. So there's no guarantee that uh, any team picks him up next year. Like he might retire at the end of the season, which is unfortunate because I think he's 26. Yeah, I think that he, yeah, I'm pretty, we've pretty much seen, I think, the best of Todd Gurley. And I mean, take away his touchdown numbers. I haven't done the math, but. I mean, even drop his touchdown efficiency down to league average, and it, yeah, it's probably not pretty. I can only imagine. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, let's move on here. Um, next up is our boy, Zach Ertz, who is really having a trouble 2020. Like, I feel like Zach Ertz is like the uh, incarceration of the year 2020. Like, fighting with the Eagles is on a shitty team. The team kind of needs him, but they don't really want him. And he's hurt simultaneously with an ankle injury, it looks like. So uh, I think that's the correct designation, right? Is it the ankle injury? So I think he's activated for week 13 off the IR. What's, uh, what's, the, best, I guess, what's the best way to position the, the uh, designation or, or the indication? And what should we expect as fantasy owners with Zach Ertz? Well, I mean, he was pretty much dust before this injury even happened, right? Yeah. So what, what that tells me, you could go a, different, a couple different directions with the scenario, right? The first direction is you can go, oh, Zach Ertz was obviously fighting a high ankle sprain this entire time. And because of that, he had really bad numbers. They finally decided to shut him down for, I think it was four weeks, five weeks. Something like that, yeah. Go, yeah, I'd have to go back and look. But that's essentially what you, what you see. Or you can go the other direction and say, man, Zach Ertz was dust and then he got a high ankle sprain. What's he going to look like now? So those are the two options, right? What's the more likely scenario? Probably somewhere in the middle. But are you really trusting that offense anyway? Even when you watch the games, you can see that Dallas Goddard is probably better than Zach Ertz at this point. I know that's hard to say. But at 30 years old, he's got recurring hamstring strings. He's coming off of this um, layoff. You can, it's an activity layoff for an NFL player, right? Yeah, Four or sure. five weeks of not playing. That's a layoff. We know that because the research shows us that if you have a, a, a dip or a spike in workloads, you actually are at about three to six times more likely to have a non-contact injury. He's 30 years old. He's got a history of hamstring injuries. The risk profile on Zach Ertz is through the roof. Now, people get confused when I, or maybe they blame me when they say, oh, I baited this player because <laughs> of this or that. Like, I'm just giving you the information and sure. the plausible risk profile that exists for Zach Ertz. Like, that exists for Zach Ertz. It's not nothing, I guess is one way to say it. Yeah. No, it makes, yeah, it makes perfect sense. And it's, I mean, of course, doing an analytical breakdown of fantasy football on any of these players outside of the medical uh, situation obviously calls for uh, people getting, like I, yeah, I told people to start Michael Pittman last week. That didn't turn out well. So, you know, giving them a medical diagnosis that has probability one way or the other obviously doesn't make it true. Like it doesn't make it that it doesn't make that thing come into fruition. It could just a range of outcomes or a range of possibilities. So exactly, exactly. So, but that makes total sense. And so, yeah, I feel like most Zach Ertz owners have already pivoted. Um, They've hopefully found a solution. If you're in the playoffs and you are expecting Zach Ertz to come back and make a giant impact. Well, luckily you have week 13 to find out. And so whether or not like, you know, again, I think I'm probably going to drop this pod on a Monday, 
we'll know whether or not or you know how effective he is. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be looking closely towards his snap share. I think that's the I think that's gonna be the indicator of how how they use him, when they use him, if they're going to rely on him to make an impact in that game. I mean, the Eagles are not out of the playoff hunt, which is crazy to say, but that division's awful, and they actually need him to step up and play. A lot of their production came off of the two tight end set, and they've only had one tight end for the entire season. So battered O-line, they're going to need their tight ends to help with blocking, and they're going to need their tight ends to get open and receive passes from Carson Wentz. So um, what I guess what would you be looking for in Week 13? Um, I think that you'll see him worked in at a pretty decent workload. I think you'll see that he's going to play his regular amount of snaps or close to it, but don't be surprised if they don't, because when Dallas Goddard came back, we said the same thing. I I think Dallas Goddard, I think he might've played his his close to full allotment of snaps, but he just wasn't incorporated in the game plan. I think you might see something similar with, with Zach Ertz, which again, those ankle sprains, those high ankle sprains, if they come back too soon, they tend to linger. So in the grand scheme of things, I don't anticipate him being too limited. Um, but I also am, am not like if whatever you think Zachert's ceiling is, like he's definitely not going to hit it. I can't wait to be on freezing cold takes when Zacherts has like his career <laughs> game this year. But yeah. like, he, like he, I don't, I, he's not going to hit his ceiling this, this sure. year. I'll put it that way this week. Julio Jones talking about terrible. He's uh well, he's not terrible. He's good. Brutal. <laughs> he's got a hamstring problem. Uh, a lot of people are expecting this to happen when they drafted Julio Jones. I think the, the idea of a clean season was not what you, you know, not what most people expected when they had Julio Jones. And it comes to fruition. He's got, a, he's got a hamstring problem. This isn't anything new. But he, he, again, if he's coming back in week 13, and if he's I not. I don't think so. I don't if, think so. I don't think okay, we're going to see Julio Jones. If you do see Julio Jones, and this, this was the same as last week. If you see Julio Jones come back this week, I'm avoiding him like the plague. It's not worth it. He's gonna, he could potentially end up missing the entire you know, three quarters of a game again. Um, he's a competitor. He wants to be out there. But at 31 years old, he, I remember compiling a list of receivers that were older than him, and it was only like four or five receivers that were older than him. Um, obviously, he's young for life perspective. From an yeah. NFL perspective and a receiver, like he's he's getting up there in age. He has a history of these uh, soft tissue injuries. If he plays, he's at complete high risk. He hasn't practiced uh, two days in a row now this week. I don't think that he's going to be out there. If he is, he's too high risk for me, especially if you're in the playoffs at this point. Yeah, so I think that's the issue, right? Um, it, it, it's tough because as someone who – so I don't have any – I have zero shares of, of Julio Jones. So I don't know the frustration of having owned Julio Jones for the season. but. Uh, you know, our boy over at TCK pod, Sky Guasco loves, he's, a, he's like, you know, Julio Jones is his boy. He, I, I Sky kind of falls into that category of if he has Julio Jones, he's 1000% starting Julio. Jones. He's never going to sit Julio Jones. And so I think this is kind of where the rubber meets the road in the playoffs where um, that could pay off. Absolutely. But these late season injuries, particularly the ones that are soft tissue, man, I get nervous. I, you know, I get, you know, Will Fuller not on steroids vibes, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, by the way, the Will Fuller thing. Yeah, <laughs> did I just bring up the – I opened up the candle. I'm so sad about that. So I know. So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. I really am, too. I know we're going – sorry, we're going off topic. Here. No, it's okay. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Will Fuller, theoretically – and I had this conversation with my wife who's a pharmacist, so she's like – she kind of explained it to me. So, basically, you have HGH, right? That would be human growth hormone. And you have this other bucket that would be like 
testosterone. I think I'm getting that correctly. Moral of the story, there's not really a point for him to take testosterone. It would make him bigger, but in reality, that would actually cause him to have more injuries. Uh, more, yeah, more injuries because sure. the tendons and the ligaments can't keep up. Right. Um, so you also look at uh, human growth hormone in the sense of it could, there's actually some theoretical data showing that it can protect muscles and ligaments. So, but it's all theoretical. And so what gets me is that it sucks to hear that he got popped for it and that he did it in the first place, obviously from a fan's perspective, not his perspective, like that's totally up to him. But I'm thinking to myself, like he changed his workout routine. He changed what he was doing on the sideline. You saw him constantly stretching with the trainers all the time. You saw him doing, yeah, yoga on the sidelines. Yeah. Like he, he very obviously, and he said in an article in the preseason, he was going to change his routine up and then he did it. Like we actually don't really know if the, the, whatever he was taking is actually the reason that he was staying healthy, you know, like that, that that's confounded. Like he could have been fine without it is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Anyway. Yeah, no, that's, that's the, that's the speculation. Everyone thinks that he's healthy because of whatever he was taking. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, since we're on this tangent, we'll get back on track Julio Jones and we'll trap that up and move on. But I'm going to just say it. I don't buy that. He didn't know that what he was taking wasn't, illegal like that am i is it me am i crazy like (laughs) like how 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 do you we're in 2020 you know the list of things that you should and shouldn't take how are you gonna blame if you don't it's a google search away bro that's what i'm saying like how are you gonna how are you gonna blame someone else like i was very i had i had wolf on a couple of teams and i was obviously very happily i'm still happy with the production he gave us for the season and i was pulling for him because i i he was one of the players i was hoping to be dead wrong on and and up until this point i was dead wrong on will fuller and everyone was uh but what bothers me from a personal standpoint is bro just take accountability for it dude you knew what you would take i'm sorry it's the you know it's the sammy sosa i don't speak english thing (laughs) at congress but the dude clearly Uh, speaks english every other you know at every other event in public you know public outing i just it just doesn't it doesn't work for me well and i and the, the thing too is like and this is from my my like medical perspective is he i i buy half of what he said i think he did trust the doctors i think the people that he was hanging out with he trusted them in terms of like this will actually help you but we don't know what he was taking we have no idea moral of the stories even those medical professionals they were sort of like saying hey this this could help because there's no Mm. hard data that anything on that band list would actually help his specific issues, sure. which so were the hamstring yeah. strains. So it's a bit of an so, experiment. Right. It would have been a total experiment. So maybe he was in on it. Who knows? You know, probably so. We, we can't really, we don't really know. I don't want to get too Fair far enough. into weeds into it, but sort of just thoughts, thoughts, thoughts from, uh, from my brain. No, I, and I appreciate those because those are <laughs> more, let's say, more apt to, to weigh in on those types of things in mind. So very good. All right. Back on Julio Jones. I think the moral of the story in Julio is temper expectations. Would that be a fair way to... Yeah. Wrap it up. I don't think okay. he's going to play. And if he does, don't just don't just okay. don't do it. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Uh, all right. So I wanted to go Joe Mixon, but you know me, anybody that knows me, we're going to save Joe Mixon. Cause I love saving Joe Mixon for very, for the end of every episode. Let's move on to Josh Jacobs. Um, all right. So I don't have Josh Jacobs and I know that he's suffered several injuries over the course of the year. So what is actually his current ailment that is plaguing him right now? So again, none of this is confirmed. But if you go to my Twitter page at FB Injury Doc, I talk about the mechanism where he was injured. And it's actually, it looked very, very suspiciously like a high ankle sprain. You got two DNPs in a row for him. And right now, if 
practice, if the week ended today, I would not anticipate Josh Jacobs was going to play. Now, a whole day, you know, one day can change the whole perspective on things. If he gets in a limited practice even tomorrow, I'd be pretty optimistic. As of now, I don't see him playing. If he gets in a limited session tomorrow, I'm still not convinced, but it is, you know, it it improves his chances. If he doesn't practice tomorrow, it's almost guaranteed he's not going to play. So that's where we're at with Josh Jacobs. And for looking forward for the fantasy perspective, for, you know, the fantasy perspective, uh, the playoff perspective, he might not be back for another couple of weeks. Um, wow. I'm thinking 2019 Tevin Coleman. He was out for two weeks. Uh, you can think Alvin Kamara. He was out two weeks plus the bye, you know, three weeks. So that's potentially what we're looking at with Josh Jacobs. So it's also something to consider if you're like a high stakes player, or a cash player, even if he does come back, like these injuries are rough. You might abandon ship if you can. And if you can't, then you're just going to sort of have to bite the bullet and, and use them anyway. Dude, very interesting stuff. Um, yeah. And I think that's, that's, uh, that's also going to help uh, as far as I can see defenses who play the Las Vegas Raiders. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, he's obviously one of the the leading focal points in that offense outside of Darren Waller. So from a, from a, running standpoint yeah then this is going to be obviously changing the way that you see the the offensive productivity for the Vegas Raiders so all right man very good stuff let's move on last guy of the night my man Joe Mixon he's someone that I wanted to be right about because I told everyone to avoid him he had one great game in the season and I know it's going to happen next year 2021 everyone's going to come out of the woodworks and say they're back on the Joe Mixon train and the Cincinnati Bengals are better and they have you know a new offensive lineman from the draft and Joe Burrow and all this stuff But unfortunately, I just never see Joe Mixon ever reaching his potential. I digress. The point here is is that he does actually have the injury, and Josh made a point. um, He's not quite sure why he's being held up at this point. So what do you mean held up? What do you mean? So it it seemed as though he should have been back already Mm. because there there were Mm. rumors that he was going to come back Mm. sooner than week 13. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, is we don't ever really know – we can guess we know that he had a midfoot sprain. We know that the average return to sport time for those is, is 36 days, I believe. And it's small sample, like 15 players, but it's what we got. That, that sure. sounds about right. You saw Calvin Ridley, I think came back in like 24 days. You saw Carlos Hyde or uh, geez, Carlos Hyde, uh, Chris Carson come back in, I think 28 days. So when it comes to the laws of averages, yeah, I think that Mixon is sort of ran the Joe Mixon issue is sort of ran its course because even the standard deviation on that, which is 35 days, I mean, he's going to, he's going to surpass that while he's on IR. So yeah, it's just interesting to see what they're doing. I don't necessarily think at this point they will bring him back. I Seems mean, they're just putting on my on ice, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. It, it doesn't like, what are they fighting for at this point? Right. Yeah, it exactly. It just doesn't make sense. And, and borrows also, out like, yeah. And then another little case scenario to consider is that, with AJ Green, who in theory could have came back in 2019 at some point, like definitely you, talk, you talked a lot about this. Mm-hmm. He could have came back and, and we kept getting the same line from Zach Taylor. Oh yeah, this will be the week. Oh, you know, yeah, he's practicing again. Oh, this will be a week. Then he had a setback. Like obviously there was Good contract point. disputes and stuff, but you know, Zach Taylor drug us along and the week before they, <laughs> the funny thing is I wrote about this at fantasy points the week before Joe Mixon was supposed to come back. We anticipated him to come back. Uh, Zach Taylor said, yeah, this is going to be the week. That's the plan. And then they put him on IR. So yeah. like, you can't trust Zach Taylor's one of those dudes. You can't trust a word that comes out of his mouth. He's like a Bruce Arians. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, fair enough, dude. Okay, yeah, that's great. And and I think that's kind of the, the word in the street and that's same thing with Josh's point. He's just like, what's going on with Joe Mixon? I think that's what's really kind of, you know, hurting a lot of people in general is like, like even Eric on, in the home league still has Joe Mixon on his bench thinking that he's going to come back at some point. And I think the reality is he's just not because they're not fighting for anything. The dudes are playing are, you know, the T Higgins and the Tyler Boyds who still have a lot to prove in a sense, right? Um, but they don't have Joe Burrow and their offensive line is kind of trash. So it's like, They'd still have to field a team, obviously, but to bring back your your star running back seems like that, just that got ship paid. is sailed. Yeah. Well, that's you the other part of an asset perspective too. Like they just paid him, so why would they want him out there too? I don't know. I'm usually not on that side of things either. Usually, I'm like, oh yeah, they'll let the player come back, but I'm not so sure this time. Well, that and that's the thing too. I, I feel like I'm I'm more along your line. It's like they paid the dude get the hell out there, and start playing some football. I could care less if we're not. Oh, gonna, that's fair. That's a good point too. You know, it's just like get out there and play football. I, I'm paying you to play football. Just go out there and play some football. So, all right. Anyways, yeah, I digress, man. Um, any other any other injuries that you wanted to bring up? I know that that's kind of the the span of the list. I feel like that was most important. But any additional ones off the top of your head? Not off the top of my head, but. I'll stall for a second so I can think about it because <laughs> we have enough. DJ Moore. Oh, um, Calvin Ridley, he had a, a little tiny, you know, twist to the ankle. It wasn't planted. The defender just twisted his ankle. He's going to be fine. Dalvin Cook looks like he had a regular inversion sprain. I think he's going to be fine. And then Tua Tagovailoa, still yeah, a toss-up. I, I still wouldn't necessarily expect Tua to come back this week. If he does, he's volatile. Okay, interesting. Yeah, because I, I did see, like, even in, you know, uh, depending on what application you play on, Yahoo had had Fitzpatrick at a zero uh, as, as as early as yesterday. So it seemed as though Tua was going to come back, but I, you know, I thought he wasn't going to come back. So I wasn't sure. It was like a lot, of, a lot of mixed signals in general. Um, in general, so- I'm not sure what, and this isn't shade at Yahoo, just I've noticed they don't, they typically sort of just like use their own news and like what they think is going to happen. Yeah. Um, no, right. I mean, whatever that that's fine. Like no big yeah. deal, but typically you don't really, it doesn't reflect the Yahoo site doesn't reflect like what actually is in the, in the news and headlines and stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Good to know. Last thing we talked about this prior to getting on the pod and par- prior to recording, I mentioned Deandre Swift. Uh, so what's being put out in the news via Adrian Peterson is actually not quite <laughs> what's really potentially going on. So maybe we end the podcast. Maybe you can shed some light and uh, give some hope for Deandre Swift. Uh, owners yeah so i i did think that was weird right so let's clear the brush a little bit adrian peterson came out today and he told the reporter that basically deandre swift hasn't been the same since his concussion he says he's just not the same guy he's not lively whatever that's what adrian peter told peterson told a reporter i don't know how much we can trust that whatever and you also have the fact that deandre swift actually is not in the protocol anymore he he passed the concussion protocol so in reality, he missed practice today because of an illness. They said it isn't COVID-related. He might have just been sick. The Adrian Peterson comments that came out today, I think, just confused people, uh, yeah. which rightfully so. It was a little weird that that happened. But to our knowledge, to what we know right now, DeAndre Swift is not in the concussion protocol. He is, he's cleared the protocol, and he was just sick. So now what do you do? Well, we don't really know what kind of illness he has. We don't know if he's going to practice tomorrow. If he doesn't practice tomorrow, I would be hard-pressed to say that he's going to play. And if he does end up playing, you know, let's say he, have a, he has a stomach bug. He hasn't been worked into the new offense. I mean, the situation is really volatile. Do you want to play DeAndre Swift? I mean, yeah, you do. But who's, who knows what's going to happen with this the, now that Patricia's gone and out of there, uh, what's going to happen to the offense in general. And if he hasn't even been in the game plan, at practice to be in the game plan, it's a volatile situation you're throwing yourself in. 
I agree, dude. Um, I agree that I have nothing really to contribute on that. I think you just summed it up perfectly. So yeah, with that, with that being said, uh, obviously a little bit on the Julio side, I would say more optimistically though, touch and go, just keep, you know, keep, eye, keep eyes on what the news reports come out with uh, leading into week 13. All right, Dr. Edwin Porras. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you coming on, giving everyone a breakdown. I'm actually thinking in the middle, you know, as we were going through this podcast, I think I'm going to bring this uh, or break this out tomorrow. So I'm going to, I'm going to drop this episode on Friday, give everyone a nice Friday treat with our man, Dr. Edwin Porras, uh, leading into week 13 and into the playoffs. My man, where can everyone find you? At FBNJury.com, Twitter, fantasypoints.com. Appreciate you, man. All right, bud. Take it easy. Take it easy.